You're listening to What Were You Thinking? with Eric McCoy and Paxton Dickerson, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, this is Eric McCoy, and I'm here with Paxton Dickerson. I'm really excited. This is a brand new show for you guys called What Were You Thinking? And I want to give you guys a quick bio on myself. Um, I uh, have worked in the substance abuse industry for almost 20 years, about uh, probably closer to 18 years. Um, I am the host of a podcast called High Wall Clean, based on the premise that highness is not a property of drugs, it's a property of people. And so let's keep getting high, as I always like to say, keep getting high, but let's do it clean. I love that. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm also uh, the director of education at New Creation College, which is a college that works to educate those that are working to become substance abuse counselors and now i want to bring it over real quick to paxton dickerson hey thank you eric all right this is paxton dickerson uh i am of mechanics of recovery owner and founder of mechanics recovery a psychoeducation delivery system lectures psychoeducations uh seminars etc um mechanics being the inner workings of recovery being regaining control of anything lost stolen, or given away all right i uh also, please visit www.mechanicsrecovery.com. Also, uh, creative.com, the C R E number eight V.com. And that will be also uh, broadcasting my podcast, which is The Low Council. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So, this is kind of what we're going to do. This is kind of the format of what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a topic, we're going to discuss certain things. They probably, in some cases, will be a bit controversial, which, which we're good with. And uh, a little bit later on the show, we're going to ask for you guys to call in. Uh, the phone number that you're going to use is 323-203-0815. And again, I'll bring this up later. But I only got one question that I got to ask. <laughs> what were, what you, were thinking? you thinking? What the fuck? were you thinking <laughs> call us la talk radio facebook la talk radio.com again the 323-203-0815 you know since this since this podcast or this this radio station is called um what were you thinking yes you know when i was uh attempting to get clean and sober many years ago um i the only way that i eventually reached that place to where I was going to make changes, to do things, to to motivate myself <laughs> to, you know, being clean and sober. Right. Was I had to make that decision myself. Nobody could make it for me. You know, in this industry we see all the time we got, you know, lots of counselors out there. Hey Paxton, Enjoy. you're an addict. <laughs> right? You are an addict. Oh, I don't want to be an addict. And it doesn't mean anything, you know, <laughs> until you actually believe it yourself. You're a this, you're a that. Absolutely. <laughs> Eric called me up, actually was in person. So Eric looked over at me and said, Paxton, we need to do a radio show. We need to do this thing. And I want to talk about different perceptions, different ideologies. Why are people rude and stuck in certain ways of thinking? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what me and you do all day long. <laughs> we might as well talk about it on the radio too. <laughs> Thinking for yourself, Ooh. you know, that is, that is the thing that we do not seem to do. I, you know, I look out there in all of society, people do not think for themselves. They think through the minds of other people. And I think this is the biggest, one of our, one of the greatest problems that we have right now in this country is that we don't do that. You know, we look yeah. at our schools, our educational systems, we've got forced curriculums, right? Forced, forced. on you, <laughs> you will learn this and that's it. And not talk about this. Right. 
And do you see that as a problem? Well, most definitely. I mean, what, what if I want to learn about Greenland? What if some of my family's from Iceland? Why aren't we going to spend some time on that? Why do we spend time on Italy, France, England, American history, and then the continent of Africa? Wait, what? That's a whole big continent. Each country has zillions of languages, and we're just going to, that's just half a chapter. Or the other side sure. to it is that, you know, we, um, you know, junior high, you got elementary school, junior high school, and we spend so much time, history, science, math, and not actually teaching things that are going to help people be successful in life. Life skills. Learning to oh, love sorry. yourself. <laughs> not to, not I'm to, talking uh, about interest. Uh, taxes. How to get a bank account. What the hell absolutely. do I do with this thing for my car? You know? But yeah, those too. It's like the internal, financial, the life skills, the, the emotions, the mental. How do I handle my grandma dying? Is someone going to teach me that? I'm in school while it happens. <laughs> what and do they do? Just go home. Yeah, and one of, the, one of the questions that I do want to ask, and I was thinking about this you know, when we were driving out here, was sure. I'm very curious on with, within our educational system. You know, we have all these parents that do not want sex education to be talked about or taught, drug or substance abuse right. education to not be taught. And I don't want to kind of give my perceptive on it, perspective on it yet, but um, I do, and we, we hopefully can have some phone calls. People yeah, call, call in to give our give their opinions on that, um, because I think it is a very important topic. Is it is it the equivalent of don't go to the doctor and then you don't get don't get diagnosed, or is it you know don't force that on my child and they're not ready to hear it and I'll let them I'll decide when they're ready to hear it or whatever. Yeah, if you don't go to the doctor, you never get sick. <laughs> you know, uh, while we're waiting on a phone call, someone did say, what is the most common misconception that each of you feel that people have about you? The most common misperception. Misconcep What's the most common misconception that you feel people have about you personally? Well, if they know anything about me that I... Um I'm not trustworthy. I'm a loser. <laughs> um, you know, if people do learn about my past, right? You know, I uh, had a very, very long substance abuse history. Uh, 2001, I got arrested four times in six months, which was actually my tenth arrest of my life. I was facing 15 years in prison. Serious. Uh, I relapsed in 2013. I ran on a six-month run. You know, which brings up a really interesting topic because, and I, I was talking some, I was talking to somebody recently about this that. You know, when I'm clean and sober, I have integrity, right? I think for myself, right. right? I don't think through the minds of other people. I genuinely care about people. I care about people's interests. I care about what people, you know, uh, that, that people find happiness. Now you put that drug in me, and, it, and this, was a, this was the most powerful thing that I've ever experienced in my life in 2013, was a very dumb decision. I relapsed. I went from that integrity, happiness, to instantly Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right. It was the potion and it took me out. I lost, I mean, I would rob from you, I would steal from you, I would do anything, you know, and it was the power, you know, behind that, that drug addiction. Sure. And it was so intense. Sure. And I, I, I love it. You know, I, I, I saw, I was young, 12 going on 13. And honestly, I discovered I had a mutant power. And my mutant power was influencing, <laughs> changing of minds, 
altering perceptions, altering your reality. Let me get a 10 for 5, low me 3 because all I got is 2. <laughs> and then put on an Argyle sweater and sit at my grandma's dinner table and go, thanks for the cookie, grandma. And it's like, man, what do I do with this magical power? <laughs> you know you know what I'm going to do with it. Well, because I'm an addict, and that, that was one of the ideas that popped into my head first. You know, uh, not to take it to the stock market, not become, a, you know, a, a Hollywood actor. It was, you know, wow, you know, yeah. girls, guns, money, and drugs. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and so, you know, through all of my experience, the one thing that, and again, for people that do know me, you know, I am not about telling people what to do. I'm not about telling people what to think. Right. But what's important to me and what always intrigues me is how people think. Right? How people think. How do people view the world? Right. Because I personally, I don't care about people's beliefs, their their opinions on stuff, um, you know, their political side, you know, uh, any any of those types of things. But what matters to me is how are they thinking? How are they viewing the world? What are their perceptions of things? Right. You know, and again, looking at things in the real world. I teach self-esteem a lot. And, you know, one of the premises on self-esteem is that we live in reality, you know, that we live in the real world. You know, we look at look at, you know, Facebook and all the, you know, all the social media posts. Yeah. You know, people just put stuff out there and they're like, thumbs up. Great. Wonderful. They didn't even read it. You know, you know, we Eric and I were talking earlier and we were talking about different racial uh, uh, issues. And this is no, this is the greatest thing, a black man and a white man talking about this. Hey, for America. Because <laughs> you go somewhere else, they wouldn't care. <laughs> you know, they'd be pygmies. Right. And, exactly. And, yeah, they'd be like, what the fuck, who's a black? <laughs> but, but yeah, and we are in America, so he's yeah. correct. Um, I was telling him this story. I'm in Orange County. We're in Orange County, uh, California. Um, and that's where I live. And I was in Costa Mesa, pretty, you know, upper echelon area. And, and I parked my car. I had a brand new BMW. And I white. And then I parked it next to a blue BMW. And the blue BMW's trunk was open. And three young Caucasian men dressed, you know, on a lunch break from their business were walking down the street. And I looked at them. They looked at me. And they didn't think anything of me or the trunk. And they went into the restaurant. Now, I'm in a three-piece suit right now and usually. So I'm in a three-piece suit and I'm looking at this trunk and I'm thinking, yeah, I should probably close it. I'm a good Samaritan. I don't like that. There's things in there. Somebody could be missing those things. And I said, you know what? It'd just be my luck. I told her, it'd be my fucking luck that I'd put my hands in that hood and the person would come out or the alarm would go off or who knows what. And uh, so I said, I thought better of it, honestly. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So I went into the restaurant and I grabbed the waitress and I said, uh, Hey, one of your customers has a blue Mercedes and um, uh, the trunk is open. And, uh, you know, and she said, okay, cool. And went off probably to find the customer. Now, walking out, I passed by the three gentlemen who were waiting to get seated. And one of them, very soft and politely, said, hey, man, thank you. And I didn't think nothing of it at first. I was like, all right, bub. And I went outside, got my car. But later on, I was telling Eric, I was thinking to myself, who was he thanking me for? And now I've gotten arguments with black people and white people and all, actually, any race uh, that I've talked to. And I've gotten in arguments with them where they said, Paxton, you're reaching, or I think you're seeing something that's not there, da da da. But, you know, Eric and I were just, you know, we're gliding through traffic. And he said, no, Paxton, 
that's something yeah. something there. But then I also asked him, sure. why did it matter to you? Right. <laughs> and, and, and I told him, I said, you know, I, I think it mattered because I noticed it. You know, and I and it and it didn't matter in a bad way because honestly, you know, and I'm like Eric, I study people. That's all I do. I did it in my addiction like a fucking champ, and I do it now as a job and as a hobby. But uh it wasn't bad. I don't think he was like mm-hmm, evil black man or it wasn't there was no bigotry, there was no racism, but he definitely felt like he was at home and that I wasn't and he was thinking me on behalf of his home <laughs> is what I got. I don't know. What do you get? Call in and, and, and tell us what you think. 323-203-0815. But, yeah. you know, we, we talked about that for a while and it was just it was amazing. Yeah, we got into, you know, obviously racism sure. and, you know, prejudiceness and, and things like that. And uh, uh, we're actually planning to do something that I think think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually going to, I'm going to spend a day with him. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to dress up very closely related suits and stuff, and we're going to get some good video on the differences between yeah. how people view a black man versus how people view a white man. <laughs> In Southern California. Yeah. In Orange County. In Orange right, County. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, going back to this, this concept of thinking for yourself, right? Um, and, and one of the reasons I really brought this up was, you know, I was originally wanting to discuss how, you know, again, most of our society doesn't do that, you know? I mean, you could look at the race factor, right? And you got, you know, people in the South, right? That are raised with hating black people. Yeah, it's part you know? of, yeah. And, and then we can also sit though and understand it in, this, in the fashion that, okay, if this is what you're taught, right. how are you gonna know anything different, right? right? And so you could empathetically look at it both sides. You know, obviously that's not necessarily a good thing, but it, it works. Well, you know? old racist has yeah. never surprised me. Right. And old meaning I'm 47, so what I thought was old when I was young, uh, growing up in Norfolk, Minnesota, was, you know, they're probably dead now. But, you know, old, I mean, the, the sign of the times, literally, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> you're yeah. going to have some prejudices, yeah. you know. But to be unwilling to evolve to be unwilling to look at those things. Matter of fact, someone just said uh, on the feed, said he thought he was just being a decent person and just putting it out there. Thanks for being a good human being. Okay. That's not the vibe I got, but it's, it's possible. But you never know. Uh, right. Again, you know, I want to tell you a quick story too. On sure. um, So, and this really goes back to the thinking for yourself idea. So I had a, I had a program in Anaheim called Serenity Life Counseling years ago. And we had, again, be in Orange County. Right. We basically did a lot of alternative sentencing. I would go in and I would, you know, fight with the judges to get them out of custody and get into our program. Sure. Now, a lot of these people that we ended up getting in were multiple, you know, probably some of them had spent half their life in prison. Right. And being Orange County, of course, a lot of them were white supremacists. Right? Yeah. And there's one guy in particular, and this really stands out, and I think it's such a cool lesson, right, was that I went and I met with this guy, um, talked to him. He wanted to come in. He didn't think he was, we were going to have any success with it. We did fight. We got him out, right? He had to do a year in our program. Uh, one of the things that I really learned with him coming in was he was highly racist, right? Highly racist. And, um, and the funny part was that I was in the process of looking for a therapist, sure. right? And so I was, you know, interviewing different therapists 
And I found a therapist that was probably one of the greatest therapists I've ever met in my life. He had this demeanor about him. He was a black guy, sure. you know, had this demeanor about him, was just amazing. So I hired him on and he came in and he did groups. And I remember the first time that <laughs> this uh, therapist came in and the client realized that he was gonna be in group. He comes into my office, I won't say exactly what he said, sure. but I'm not gonna sit in group with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I told I'm him- I'm not sitting in group with that coon monkey yeah. jumping. It was even worse than that, but yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, I looked, but I looked at him and I said, you know what, hang on a second, man. I said, all I want you to do, just sit in, sit in the back, just listen. Right. All, you know, Don't participate. Just all I want you to do is listen. Just open your ears up, right? And so he did, and he came back in, and he said, you know what, all right, it wasn't that bad. And after, and then I ended up getting the real story on this guy. This guy grew up with a father who was like the Grand Poobah of the KKK down in the mid, mid, you know, Midwest. Some, Deep in, in yeah. And, and that's what he was taught. That's right. what he, you know, black people are stupid, right? right? You know, and all the, you know, things that go along, right? Right. And, um, and that's what he believed. You know, he was taught these from the people that he trusts the right. most parents dad you know and so one thing that happened though was after about three months the client comes to me and he goes well, can he be my therapist yeah. yep and i was like i mean it kind of gave me the chills <laughs> you know in a sense right and i thought on that a lot why did that happen right and and the thing that i came up with was that when he was able to see one thing sure right that didn't fit with what he was taught yeah. it shattered it. it's easier you know? to deal with a full-blown racist because i mean it's easier to deal with someone who does not believe in gravity because all i have to do is go yeah. and it's like oh shit it's the subtle it's the racism that's not racism the prejudice that is preconceived you know it's the it's the it's the well what are you talking about i'm not racist <laughs> I mean, go home, nigger. I, I can handle that. It's like, I will go home. I have the keys to my house right now. I'm about to go home. Thank you for inspiring me to do so. <laughs> but it's, uh, what are you talking about? Huh? Well, huh? Uh, you know how to swim? I didn't know. It's like, wow. You know, and that's, uh, honestly, I'm just using black because I'm black. But that's for anything. You know, uh, uh, on, I was in a restaurant. Sushi restaurant. And a Filipino. <laughs> Leaned over to me and said, excuse me, sir, but, you know, making cry sounds is fucked up. You probably need to stop that. And I said, you know what? You're right. Thank you. I won't do that again. I'm not going to double down on my own bullshit. You, you acknowledge it. Because I acknowledge it. I, I, it honestly didn't come to my mind. And, you know... While he was telling me, I was reviewing it in my head going, yeah, it is kind of fucked up. Like, hey, Paxton, you know, maybe that was cool when you were five and you just watched a kung fu movie, but you're a grown-ass man in a sushi restaurant. What the hell are you doing? And, you know, and I, and I acted accordingly. Yeah. I don't think it's about whether you're prejudiced or not. It's about whether you're willing to look at it. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, who's not prejudiced? I, I, it's, I think it's within everybody to a certain extent. Sure. You know. Um, Unless we know everything about everything. I mean, you take the most well-rounded person. If me and you, and we're pretty well-rounded. I mean, you know, Eric and I are pretty well-rounded, pretty we non-judgmental. Can, we can handle things pretty we can, well. <laughs> yeah, we can handle things pretty well. And uh, and let's say we both go to Australia. And they say, hey, you're going to go spend, you know, 
you know, uh, some month out in the woods with uh, not Aborigines, uh, Australian natives. The uh, one that's have the real strong accent. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like the that's black not a knife. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean the black people of Australia. Oh, okay. okay. The, out of the woods. Oh, not yeah. The the, uh, uh, the Aborigines. Aborig- Aborig- I think so. Yeah. Or correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, you know what I mean. And we're going to have some preconceived notions. Fuck, we don't even know what their names are. (laughs) We're going to go out there and be like, uh, uh, you know. And they're going to probably laugh at us and be like, you silly, dumb Americans. They probably won't even say white and black. They'll be like, you dumb Americans came out here and don't know what the fuck you're doing. Which goes right to ignorance. Right. You know. And that's where I think that's where one of the greatest problems is, is is lack of knowledge, ignorance. You know, the ignorance that people have out there. I mean, you could break this into like, I mean, religion, I think, you know, this is always the, the, a great touchy subject, you know, is religion. Right. Right. And, you know, the, and, I, and I'll tell you, you know, throughout the years, I, you know, I believe in God and, and, you know, but there are a lot of struggles that I have. Sure. Right. And most of it has to not have anything to do with the Bible, but it actually has to do with the people that say they believe in the Bible. Right. right? Because if you look at, humans and people and the manipulation through all of time about you know using the bible you know they in the name of god right (laughs) slavery right slavery you know it says in the bible to obey your master right slavery is okay so now they fail to read other parts of it you know so we gotta go to arab (laughs) countries and destroy them because they're not our thing and rah 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 to pick and choose you know pick and choose you know and and i believe in divine you guys, you know, a lot of you guys, if you know me, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I have a very uh, not mainstream belief system. Uh, it's becoming more mainstream, but still, and yet, same views that Eric said. It's like, you know, I struggle with sometimes the people who practice these things. Even the things that I teach sometimes, you know, it's like, it's really easy to get ego in, you know, well, what I believe and I believe it better than you do and I'm going to look down on you for not believing it as much as I do or for believing wrong and it's like that ego creeps in you know just the whole idea of saying I'm spiritual it's like I want to be you know you know and I've said it I'm not saying you know obviously but it's these labels and and just and there's so many different religions there's so many different philosophies and there's so many I did a quote Alan Watts, and he, uh, to paraphrase, he, uh, he said, you know, if you're here in America, you know, they say Jesus knew he was God, and, then, and if you're in America, then if you say you're God, they're going to put you in the funny farm. You go to India and say, hey, I just realized I'm God. They'll go, <laughs> you finally found out. You know what I mean? And it's, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, and regardless of what you believe, that's not the point. The point is, do you see how that unfolds, mm-hmm. you know? And that, you know, I, I think that if we, if we all could evaluate our things, look at our things, look within facts, you know, so, right. and, and that's really where the, the pr- biggest problem that I see out there is that people don't base any information off facts. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hear it, Facebook thumbs up, yeah. they read it, they listen to it on the news, you know, um, whether this be politics, whether this be religion, um, you know, and, uh, and religion is all about somebody's perspective. Right. In terms of you go to church and you listen to 
a preacher, and it's going to be their interpretation of what it is. You can go to another church, and you can hear their interpretation. Or why it's relevant what, now. Or what if yeah. you read it yourself? <gasps> no, you can't. Yeah. What if? Wow. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't read this <laughs> stuff in your own house. You can't burn the sage in your own house. You can't have your own setup in your own house. You can't have your altar in your own house. you got to come here and do it. Yeah. And with the smoke screen... And the machines and the things and the oh and ah and ooh and the yep. you know pretty soon pretty soon they're gonna have like you know dun 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 you know what I mean yep. God <laughs> yeah. someone actually just commented that they've done that so what we were talking about earlier have done that themselves with their own race had their own preconceived notions you know. And that's that's cool of, of you to admit. preconceive. And you, we were talking yeah. about that before. Yeah. You know, you were saying, you know, like you as a black man, you know, would walk down the street and people would say, "Oh, you got court? Yeah, you got court. Yeah, you got court. Yeah. You're going to you, you go know. to a party? You got something big going on? I'm like, I just came from work, man. What are you talking about? Job. <laughs> and, you, and you drive this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? what? <laughs> How can you afford it? You're so short to be a basketball player. But that's uh, yeah. And I've never heard your album. <laughs> but that's something that you hear from. You're same, the, yeah, same from, race sometimes, you know. and and other yeah, but it's it's like, wow, and I'm not saying it's like, oh, brother man, you should know better. It's but it's just interesting. I take again, you know, the whole reason Eric and I are having to have this talk show is not because we take it shit personally. We study the way you were thinking. <laughs> we study <laughs> and the way you were thinking, and the way you were thinking, <laughs> right? You know, we're studying. What the that. hell are you thinking? What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Hey, we want to know how you're thinking. Please call in 323-203-0815. Again, 323-203-0815. That is how to get on this show live, and we will address your question, and we'll have a conversation. Yeah, we'd love to, uh, love to hear from you. Um, and, uh, and like I said, you know, try to stay on topic. If you call in, you know, we really kind of want to focus on this. Uh, you know, think it for yourself. You know, not think it through the minds of other people. Um, and, and like I said, this was the real power I found in recovery. I mean, if we go again to my, the sure. substance abuse was sure. my ability to think for myself, you know. Uh, and, and this hurts a lot of people out here when I say this. The 12-step program is a good example. And again, I'm not opposed to the 12-step program. It's a great program, um, but they're very black and white. Sure. You know. Poof, and you that's know? it. If you don't get a sponsor work step, go to meetings, you're going to get loaded. Which, which is also saying, though, right, that who keeps you sober? You do, right? But that statement is saying that, no, no, no. If you go to meetings and you do the steps, right. that's what's keeping you sober, right? Right. And so I think that's a myth. And also the third step is, no, God keeps you sober. <laughs> so so well, there's always room for interpretation yeah. when you have this black and white statement yeah. that this is this and this is it. Well, and that's part of the problem, too, is like there's a lot of statements within the 12-step program that sort of contradict each other too hey you know you're not supposed to make any changes in your first year of recovery but the only thing you need to change is everything right <laughs> right and right so there's some contradictory definitely. you know um definitely you know uh i'm just gonna have to get over for a second hold on we got a call here. oh hey welcome who are we talking hey, to? hey how you doing good hey it's mark mark robeson and love the Love the program. I actually follow you on uh, on TikTok and oh, very right on, timely Mark. information. So um, I'll try to stay on topic. <laughs> I, I don't uh, have uh, an addiction sure. that I 
admit to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, well, well said, Mark. Wait, 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 that sounds scary. No, <laughs> well said, Mark. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will, and I don't know if it's more of a question, but it, I guess I, I could frame it as a question. I, it seems like there has been an enlight, enlightenment of thinking for yourself. I'm seeing, you know, generationally more folks are kind of breaking out of their boxes um, of what they've thought in the past and, and realize that um, it's in more of a programming than it has been, um, you know, the truth. I, and basically, I just want to find out if you all have seen or feel or, or have uh, have experienced that as well. You know what? I honestly, absolutely, and I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that Good up. Good call. Yes, we. Uh, I see this all over the place. You know, I mean, even with what I do. You know, I do a podcast. You know, High Wall Clean. Um, I have amazing guests on my show, um, and there's so many people out there that are sitting in that. I'm thinking for myself. Yeah. You know, I'm not now certain areas of this country. Sure. You know, particular places. Yeah. They they are stuck. Right. Um, but Just, I, and yeah. that's where I kind of wish, you know, that if people would really be, be able to sort of put their biases, put their, you know, things aside and just look at, OK, does this make sense? On a mundane level, I can just say even like the way I frame my job, it's like this a new age of, you know, being a consultant. Uh, I don't have a boss. I work for many different companies. I go and come <laughs> as I please. I do not have a stand. I don't even have a job title. People don't even know what the hell to call me because I'm not even really, you know, I'm not even certified or registered. I, I have a skill set. I've been doing it for 20 years. I've had past certifications and registrations and initiations and you know, collaborations, but it's like it's breaking out of the box. Yeah. What, 20 years ago, I don't know how old you are, Mark, but I mean, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you could not go into Target and find incense. You could not go yeah. into World yeah. Market and yeah. find Sage. That was not happening. <laughs> you know, a corporate lawyer could not have Buddha beads on, and a Supreme Court judge couldn't have like a little crystal on a string. You know, th that was not happening. Go, go to head shops and buy speed pipes. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Yeah. But, exactly. but you know what I mean? <laughs> but the spirituality <laughs> stuff. What's right? that? What's that, Mark? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go to Spencer's. You know, I'm older than both of you guys. Oh, and then nice. I know what Spencer's is. It, it was right. a little <laughs> store that was in the mall. You see all the weird stuff. And and that included incense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 47. And it's like, you know, those, a lot of those things were not going on. I, mean, I remember yoga. If you practice yoga or even said yoga or knew what yoga was, you were, oh, my God, you're some weird hippie weird yeah, mystic weirdo. witch yeah weirdo <laughs> now it's like every sports team is doing it a lot of churches are doing it you know i mean yeah. like it's well every treatment center is doing it it's like it's now a thing yeah and then it gets whitewashed too once we accept it and then we start taking it over you know it's like with crystals every yim yam in the yeah. world knows about crystals and every little teenage girl has a tarot card deck and she's a divinator from the on high and it's like and I'm not downing that kind of stuff but I, I actually like it but to answer your question yeah I've seen a huge change yeah do you got any example or for me oh yeah well I, I have an example of uh well actually just my my sons I, I have three sons and uh, uh 34 24 20 they and they've all 
at different levels of of their awakening, if you will, and, and in myself as well. You know, I, as um, as Paxton stated, you know, you know, I I've been worked for corporate America for years, and and uh, you know, you never could, you know, if you had if you had uh, crystals or or, or uh, you know a little bead around your wrist or something. Right. You know, you, yeah. you had to keep it tucked under your suit jacket. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, and you yeah, know, the, no one the, knew you, you yeah. were, and the you older you are, power right. Yeah. The, you know, the older you are, you know, it, it obviously becomes much more difficult. Sure. You know, you get yeah. kind of, kind of stuck in, you know, and, and I get that. I mean, yeah. if, you know, I mean, if I were 60, 70, 80, whatever, you know, years old, and I've been doing the same things over and over, and yeah, I've been thinking the same way, mm-hmm. that's hard to change. Right. Very. You know, my father. Well, yeah. Go on, Mark. Go on, Mark. No, I, I was just going to say that, you know, I'm 50, 57 years old, and, you know, just one day I woke up and said, you know, screw it. So, you know, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I can't deal with the, the rat race. Yeah. Uh, so I actually I became a consultant, you know, worked, um, you know, work for some companies um, independently, and right. just recently went back into corporate America. But, but when I I came back in March, you know, it's on my terms. It's right. On, right. You know, I, w- I wear my my beads and my <laughs> you know, my necklace. Uh, that's on. awesome. I, I wear. And you know, it's just it's just who who I am, and and my beliefs are not. I don't I don't shut them. I don't try to. Try to hide them. I, you know, if it comes, if it if it comes up, I'm 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 saying it. If it sounds weird to somebody, that's frankly it's their problem. That's not mine. So. Well, and that's the key. You you know, you made a change because you said, you know what, this is going to be better for me. You know, I yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the way I've you know, I, like if I look at my life and of course all the things that I've done in my life. I mean, obviously the changes I made were you know to ultimately improve myself, right. to become a better, to become a healthier person, which then in turn obviously I was able to help other people, um, and that's the process. And that is, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what, um, and I think we're seeing a lot more of that. It, we are. Yeah, we are. I my yeah. father. You know, my, my family on my father's side and thus my family, deep African Methodist Episcopal, AME, church, boom, 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 boom. And my father, at a young age, knew I wasn't. Yeah. I don't know how, why, but my brother agreed, <laughs> my mom agreed. Somehow he looked at me, he said, but that's not you. And he fed me the, not the opposite, but something totally different, you know, and uh, you follow me on TikTok, you know the kind of things that come out of my heart. And it's like, he fed it to me and I was studying mythology and sacred geometry and all this other stuff at an early young age, age six. And it's like, but he never wavered in his belief, but he just was strong enough in his own love for me and his own belief system to not even just, not you know, it's not like he tolerated it, he encouraged it. Mm. I don't even know if I could do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you can't, at least in my, my point of view, because, you know, I have a, I grew up um, Southern Baptist. My wife is Jehovah's Witness. So, you know, all I've told my, my boys is, is that you have to have a, you know, a spiritual understanding and spiritual background because it kind of becomes the core of, of, of who you are. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to try to take them, uh, you know, down the same roads I went to because I, I don't know if those are right. I actually, I know they weren't right. For me. Right, right. <laughs> but 
Right. It's well, religion, so you know, uh, right. religion is one of those things. I mean, if, you know, that, yeah, I used to do a lot of uh, educational groups with families, and one of the dysfunctions in a family is, is you know, the violation of boundaries. There's two reasons for dysfunction. You know, you have a or needs in the indiv of the individuals and the families that aren't met and or there's a violation of boundaries. And one of them being a dogmatic or authoritarian type family system. And, mm -hmm. you know, and this becomes horrifically damaging to people. But I've thought about it a lot. And, you know, I, I think about that if I truly believe, you know, if you look at, you know, some of the obviously, you know, like the Mormons, you know, yes. if you if you drink coffee, you're going to hell. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm any, in anything fucking trouble now anything that gives you pleasure. You're going to hell. Right. Right. Um, Don't wear and, red. Stop dancing. But if I truly <laughs> believe that, right, if I like deep down to my core, I believe that is true. Right. The last thing that I should be doing, though, is shoving it down my kid's throat. Right. There's got to be a better way to yeah. do it, you know, because one thing that I saw it creates that, low vibrations. Well, one thing that we saw was I was the director for a place in Newport Beach, Newport Coast Recovery, and sure. we had a whole slew of clients from Utah. Oh wow! Uh, we know you've gotten that. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gotten uh, that too. I've gotten that in one of my treatment centers too. Yep. And so, so many rebel, you know, and it's it's a teaching through fear. I mean, that's and I don't I don't know and I don't believe that teaching through fear is a very productive way to teach. Well, one's fear, absence of faith. Uh, crisis mode or punishment teaching to learn to, to lead to housing wisdom knowledge insight <laughs> like literally that'd be like saying throwing the pin out the window is a good way to cook like what right. like what right <laughs> like right. where <laughs> you know real quick I'm sorry but real quick Guys, uh, they're, they're complaining they couldn't hear Mark. That's because you're not on the radio show. So if you want to listen in, please go to LA Talk Radio Facebook or latalkradio.com. Hey, Mark, I want to thank you so much for calling. Hey, hey thanks, guys. Thank you, Mark. Thanks show. so much, man. All right. That was great. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I like that, that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so true. And I no, like that's, a great, that's a great perspective. I mean, I like that. I mean, he kind of flipped that into a positive, and our conversation into a positive. Which I know, right? Because we were going <laughs> you know, down. I was going we were down like, there. ah, fuck people, and we hate <laughs> and your so face. And I'm glad he. I'm glad he said that because, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, we are seeing more of that. You know, we're seeing, you know, um, you know, we've got Good more job, people Mark. in. We've got more people in. Uh, you know, the healthcare industry. You know, we've got yeah. more people that are, um, you know, striving to do better. Now, on the flip side of this, so sure. Uh, let me go down again. Is <laughs> uh, is uh. You know, Down is so much more fun. Yeah, the you know the death rate that we're dealing with, you know, with overdose. Oh yeah. And the numbers, the numbers that we're seeing, you know, with overdose. Um, and this, to me, again, comes right back to the premise: teaching people to think for themselves. Right. right. Now I want to say something real quick, and I, for anybody that's heard my podcast, has probably heard me talk a little bit about this, but I wanted I want to say this again, and, and I think it's really important. I thought a lot about. You know, how do we go in and teach the youth? You know, for years, we look at the educational system and the way that it was done, right? And for a long time, it was fear, right? Yes. The fear tactics, right? The we ruler, had, the nun, the detention, the... Yeah. And then we had, the and then we had uh, Nancy Reagan's just say no. Oh, just right? say no. And all of these no. are all based on the premise of not teaching people to think for themselves. Just say no, right? We're not going to teach anything just else. Just say no, right? Stop. So there's... And, and that 
fails to take into account the mind's desire to understand. Our right. minds want to understand, you right. know, as kids. Now, of course, we're dealing with kids are invincible and they know everything. <laughs> True. Right? But Bulletproof. how do we reach them? How do we get in there and how do we teach them stuff? And this is what I've thought a lot about, right? Now, follow me on this, okay? If I were going in front of a bunch of youth, sure, okay, and I looked at them and I said, you know what, everybody? I like to get high. I like to get high, right? And if I started out on that premise, because again, one of my things that I'm trying to do, again, if you watch my podcast, is remove drugs from the equation of right. highness because drugs don't actually get you high. You get high on your own chemicals. Right. So that's a false misperception anyways. And your right? brain has every single chemical you could, every mineral, crystal, and chemical you could ever smoke, drink, shoot, yes. or find in the world around you, your body has some of it within you. Yes. And if I started that way, though, right, a couple things are going to happen. One ding. is people's ears are going to pop open. They'll be like, wow, this is cool. Ding, ding. Right? For people that have tried drugs, and this is where we run into an issue with our youth, right? If you, if you go at our youth and you say drugs are bad, drugs suck, don't fucking do them, right? right? And you've got the group of people that have done it, they're going like, ah, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. So you've just, you have just lost those people. And those right. are the ones we really want to get, you know? And so if we went in with more of a tactic of, you know what, guys, I'd love to get high. Right. You guys want to get high? And then we go through a crazy laughing. Yeah. Right? If anybody ever wants to really get high, do crazy laughing. I did a, I did a whole podcast on this. It's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the my time. Son, my I son, didn't know that My was son always looks at me and goes, dude, you look crazy, man. <laughs> I know it's called that. <laughs> but that, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's the, if we can go in there with that, you know, if we can go in and, and, and bring them, pull them in, get them interested. I went into the Newport uh, Mesa Unified School Districts and I did uh, their impact program for a long time. Uh, and, you know, and like, man, these kids, man, they're brutal because they are bulletproof and fuck you and whatever yeah. and we could care less and no, I haven't lost a job and no, I didn't lose my wife and no, my kids, I don't have kids. What are you talking about? So... And I went in there and honestly, I just told the truth. I didn't say drugs were bad. I didn't say drugs were good. I said what I did. I gave them the logical odds. I told them honestly, maybe some of you guys will be able to do cocaine in college and not fuck everything up. But also you could be fucking everything up, you know? And you know, and some of you guys, maybe half of you guys will smoke pot and use it recreationally. Some of you will smoke pot and decide they don't really like it or they do like it or whatever, but there's gonna be a fraction of you who smoke pot and then snort coke and then do PCP and then up under a bridge and then overdose on fentanyl in the Lalibaba Absolutely. in Costa Mesa. And you know what I mean? So, you know, you, I, I just told them what. Yeah. And that, and kind of like what your approach is too, that gave them the freedom to go, to ask the questions that I was that other usually people would answer for them without being asked first. Like they asked me, "Hey, why did you do drugs in the first place? Yeah. Like why did you do that?" Instead of them going, "Hmm, maybe I want to do cocaine," because this guy said, "Don't." He's, "Why, why did you do cocaine?" Because I can make my own decision. I'm going to anyway. But you know, why did you do cocaine? Yeah. And how did it get bad for you? And what did you get out of it? What did it do to you? Why do you well, say yeah. that? If I get, if I can get them intrigued, and interested, and open their ears, and, and learn, want to learn something, 
I do it in a tactic, whatever way that works, whatever, whatever it is that works, right? Right. Then, yes, absolutely. We can get into the nuts and bolts, you know? I mean, the reality behind drugs, you know, if you want to look at it, is that if you do a lot of them, your body will become dependent upon them. It goes from homeostasis to allostasis, which is your new norm. You now need the substance for your to body to function thing. with the way that it is. Now that is, I mean, kids think they're invincible. You know what? They're not. It's gonna happen, I guarantee it, yeah. if they go that path, that's the reality, you know? But how do we get them intrigued? How right. do we get them interested? Now, how do well, we get them to trust me? Trust me, trust, And trust. it's not just drugs, because yeah. then you're talking about, how do I get them intrigued in history? How do I get them intrigued in all these other things, in other cultures? How do I get these guys intrigued in other cultures so they even know about other cultures to not be prejudiced or racist or bigoted against them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do I even get them intrigued to even give and a that, fuck what the French Indians did or what the fucking black Ethiopians did or who the but hell? You know, in what recovery, in recovery sure. though, this is one of the biggest failures, right? I think within the industry. I don't know. You know? I think it's the biggest uh, failure in well, America. In, sure, because I mean, that's that's why we started off. People go to people go to treatment, right? As punishment. That's sure. in their minds what it sure. is. Punishment. I'm being punished, right? Right. Staff treat them like yeah, yeah, they're, they're shit. You know, um, definitely people. Not 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 all places, but no. I'm saying like you know. But you have the or you know, no, if I were even a loving punishment is still a part yeah. of the philosophy. But if you brought people into rehab and you're like, all right, man, check this out. This is gonna be fun, dude. I'm so glad you're here. You know, we are gonna have some fun here. This is, you know, and I, I can bring up things that will interest them, intrigue them, you know, get I them try excited. To I try to get them, uh, not as a punishment, and definitely not as a reward. I let them know, you have been sent to the X-Mansion because of your <laughs> unchanneled abilities. We will put you in the danger room and we will hone those powers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this is a fucking secret uh, pod project like, um, X. Uh, we need to test this guy. Yeah, right. This is secret project X. We are teaching you how to hone those talents and powers that got out of your hands when you were younger. Because that's that's what I believe. That they literally, you know, the addicts and alcoholics. You know, we have. If you look at it, what addict and alcoholic hasn't gotten loaded every day for a year? with no money in their pocket. Most. Have averted death, suffocation, laws of consumption, hernias, hemorrhoids, heart attacks, strokes, ODs, blood clots. I mean, literally. Which means all of you out there that have been through that, you got a purpose. A purpose. Literally, blackouts, they don't even register on our freaking radar. You know what a blackout is? I mean, literally, a blackout means I drove my car here we come up and do this radio show. Our car starts up, drives off, and does stuff. <laughs> Comes back and goes, oh, by the way, you ran over a dog. You got eight tickets. You fucking smashed into a cop. Uh, and I'm like, wait, what? And that doesn't even register. That's how badass addicts and alcoholics with the correct, you know, with, with not the correct, with, with the motivation or the enthusiasm or the passion to do whatever it is can do it's like channel that that's what i believe treatment centers should be or are doing it's the x-men it's the x-men mansion yeah. and we're training them how to use 
this Whoa. thing that they thought was a curse because they have an extra gene in them and that you but know uses that as the greatest strength right you know that's the Channel. you know if we can take you know if we can take our experiences right if we can take all the lessons we've learned there's nothing that i've ever done that makes me who i am so i'm not right. my actions right i'm the one that's done those right but you those things can help shape me and if i can get to say and i love who i am today then that, that was the greatest experience. You know, exactly. I use, you know, I, for anybody out there that, exactly. you know, has had years and years clean and sober and then relapsed, okay? I'll raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so I had 11 years in 2013, right? right. I had 11 years clean and sober. Um, and I made some bad choices and I relapsed, right? right. Went on a six month run. When I got, and I don't know, I, I still think today, like, how did I pull myself out of that? And I'm not, I'm still, you know, it's real fady. Right. Real fady. Fog, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was able to get to Tarzana Treatment Center. Sure. Not too far from here, actually. Right. And uh, so I get in, I get in there and I fell into the deepest depression, anhedonia. You brought that up, you know, we were driving, mm -hmm. right? Drives, that yeah. anhedonic state, right? Anhedonia, deep depression. And I thought my life was over, you know? You know what I said, Paxson? Huh. I lost everything, right? Oh, I yeah. lost everything. Oh. But I came to realize that, you know what? That ain't the case. You know, for all of you out there that have been through something like that and you've relapsed, you yeah, haven't lost you anything. Everything. You haven't lost anything. Yeah, sure, sure, your days. Right. But all your knowledge, all your experience, everything you went through, right. you didn't lose and you actually gained something new. Right. You know, because I, like I was saying at the beginning of this thing when I was talking, I was like, you know, it was so black and white from the transformation, <laughs> you know, of going, Dr. Jekyll, take the potion, becoming Mr. Hyde. The only thing I didn't do was murder people, though, so I'll... You know. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'll keep my hand down. <laughs> but that was powerful, though, you right. know? And so um, that, I think, is, is something that, you know, so again, if anybody's been through those experiences, don't beat yourself up over it. You know, take them as... Take them as lessons. I always, you know, try to get people to think. Again, I'm not about telling people what to think, but looking at how you think. Do you have problems or do you have opportunities? Yeah. Nice. And that is, that's, you know, because what, what is, you know, I, so my, I wrote a book called Pain, Failure, and Misery are the Stepping Stones to Success. And the premise being that pain was my greatest friend in life. Right. You know, right. that it's what ultimately without the pain. And those of us that are in recovery are lucky people. We're the luckiest people. We're luckier than people that haven't been through it yeah. because we work on things that those people don't work on. You know, and that's another thing because we're talking about perceptions and changing perceptions. And it's like addicts and alcoholics are the kings of this. But again, I want to put it to just people in general that literally average people, take the average person, they see stress as a bad thing. You know, stress is a bad, we're coming up. Stress yeah. is a bad thing and, and it's like to avoid stress, not to manage stress. Yep. So we are actually out of time. Out of time? Yeah, this went quick. LA Talk Radio, Facebook, latalkradio.com. 
323-203-0815. Save that number for the next time we do this show, but uh, uh, go to these, the Facebook and the .com to view the whole interview, uh, the whole uh, uh, show. And I want to thank everybody for listening. You guys have been great. Thanks, I, guys. I don't end my, I don't, I'm going to end my, like I end my other podcast, keep getting high. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll end it with, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> but do it clean. Thanks, guys. You're listening to What Were You Thinking with Eric 